This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at the Bank St. Sampson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, if you want to turn your Bibles, I think last time I talked about Christmas nursery. I thought this was a Christmas feast. I think peace is such a vital commodity. Often, even the world associates peace and Christmas with almost this connection. Whenever the world thinks of Christmas, they always think of peace as almost this connection, Christmas and peace. That during the World War One, I'm sure is that well-known story that during the during the one of the battles on Christmas Day, they all stopped fighting, and conflict ceased for a one day, and peace was came that day. And often in the world, there's this concept of Christmas as a time of peace, and and often it's, it's a peace the world doesn't often understand and grasp. But I want to talk about the peace that only God can give. Amen. Luke two verse fourteen, and we're going to read a few scriptures here. Luke two fourteen. I said before, one of the themes of Christmas, we saw mercy, that's an incredible theme of Christmas. Mercy seems to be always connected to Christmas, and also we see the same thing in peace. Anyway, Luke 2, verse 14, this is the angels declaring an incredible truth. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And if you want to turn over to Isaiah chapter 9, Again, this scripture is very much associated with, with this time of the year, this season. Uh, a, a prophetic declaration of, of Jesus and what he would be and what he would become. And Isaiah 9 verse 2. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and that phrase there, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice, from this time forward, even forever, the zeal, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Here we see the angels right now. Here they are, they're declaring the birth. They're talking really that when Jesus would come, he would establish the kingdom of God on earth. The kingdom would come. Through him, he would bring the kingdom. And as this, I think there's this incredible kind of connection that we see here that almost that really what goes on in heaven, anyone would say heaven would be a place of amazing peace. Anyone would think that. Anyone would think that one of the great commodities, that the real atmosphere of heaven would be peace. It kind of would not be a good place to be that, you know, if you're going to spend eternity in a place that's full of conflict and disruptions, how many would think that's not a good place? But heaven is going to be a place of incredible, perfect peace. And what really the angels are declaring, that what's true in heaven, God wants to release here on earth. And true peace, that there was the atmosphere, I think the atmosphere of heaven is peace and that atmosphere, if you like, God wants that to invade earth. He wants that to invade earth. And notice, it says there that his name will be called Prince of Peace. In other words, 
a person's character in the Bible, really, his name is revealed through his character. If you, so if you want to know something of the character of God, the character of Jesus, then it's often revealed through his name. And his name is called Prince of Peace. So that means one of the true revelations of the character and the manifestation of God is, is peace. And it says, of this peace, there will be no end. In other words, we're talking about the activity of God that's going to be increasing and growing and deepening. But it's all connected to this one word. I want you to get hold of this. Government. Government and peace are always connected together. In other words, where God rules, there will be peace. Because peace and government are connected together. You can't have peace unless you have government. Unless God is reigning, there's no peace. But where God is reigning, the ultimate release of that is peace. The connection between increase of government, increase of kingdom, increase of God's rule and authority means there will be ultimately an incredible release of peace. I appreciate peace. How many people appreciate peace? I think it's such an amazing commodity that God gives to us. Ever known this, that, that sometimes you only appreciate something when you don't have it? Ever noticed that? I think, again, I was talking to someone the other day, that, and it's really true that, for example, you know, for example, do you think much about your knees, for example? It's only when you have a pain in your knee that you appreciate your knee. How many have found that? And it's true with different things in life, things that you don't, things that you take for granted. It's only when it's not operating or actively working in your life that you don't, you lose, you don't appreciate it. And it's the same with peace. It's only when you lose your peace you realise how important peace is to your life. Such an important commodity. And I think without peace people struggle and strive and and God just wants you to know the importance that whatever you're going through right now in life, the most important commodity you have is peace. It's the most important commodity that's going to get you through the storms. It's going to get you through the difficulties. And if you haven't got that, there always will be a struggling in life. And they're glad for peace. And it's a peace that comes from heaven. It's a commodity from heaven itself. It's, it, it's a peace that is supernatural. I'll explain as we go on. Let me just define the word peace, because often we, we just get like a, this, a kind of a low view of it. But let me just define what the word peace is. As we know, it's from the Hebrew word shalom. And it means completeness, safety, soundness, health, prosperity, Quiet, tranquility, contentment. How many like that part? Peace with God. Especially, as the word defines, in covenant relationship. So it's more than a feeling of, of kind of putting your feet up. That's people's idea, you know. Oh, I'll put my feet up and that's peace. How many would say that in our world we don't see much peace? How many know people right now who are uptight and have no peace. And to be at peace means to be in harmony, without struggling, without strife, without conflict. And I'm not talking about human tranquility, because often that can be dependent on on how things are going good. Things are going good for you, things are going well for you, 
So you are at peace. It only takes one phone call and that peace just goes. Or sometimes there's peace in, in the things that, that we, you know, things that we have and we get peace from those things, those things that we rely on, those things that we trust in. But the moment those things go, the peace goes. The peace I'm talking about is a supernatural peace. It's a peace that is not based on outward circumstances. It's not based on what's going on around you. It's a supernatural peace that God pours into your heart even at the darkest moments. Because the test for this peace is when the pressure comes. It's when the conflict comes. It's when the difficult circumstances come. The challenge is, do I still have peace in those moments? Because the peace of God is supernatural. In other words, it's there regardless on the outward situation. You can say amen. It's a peace that's there in your darkest moments in life. It's the peace of God. Peace really is a spiritual issue. Because, in other words, the gospel challenges at the core of a human heart of why there is conflict, why there isn't peace. And the gospel of peace challenges at the very core of our hearts why we don't have peace. It's there to challenge and, and deal with the conflicts and remove the peace from our hearts. So you can't have peace until you deal with the conflicts that have taken away the peace. The things that have disturbed your peace. The things that have removed your peace. You can never have peace until you deal with the issues that caused you to lose your peace in the first place. So peace is this incredible spiritual issue. And you think about it, what really is the conflict about in our life? Why do we have conflicts? The real issue of conflict is really down to rulership. Who really is going to rule in my life? Who really is going to have maximum authority in my life? Who really is going to govern my life? That's really where the conflict is. That's really the centre of where really the, the conflict is. Of ultimately speaking, who has authority? Who has the word? Who is the ruler of my life? Because that's where really ultimately the conflict is. The increase of his government will come this peace. In other words, where government, where rulership has been violated, then that peace goes. You see, peace ultimately is about being in alignment with God. Aligning your life with his rule, his lordship over your life. And when you align yourself with his rule, when you align yourself with his lordship, as a result of that, will come peace. But when I'm not allowing him to rule and govern and direct every sphere of my life, if he's not the Lord and, and governing my life, then there will never be true peace. Because peace comes through kingdom, rulership and authority and government in my life. Book of Romans says, the kingdom of God is not a matter of food or drink. 
We'll remind, you, we'll remind ourselves that when we, we, have a Saturday, we have our meal together this afternoon. But the truth is, it's not a matter of that. The kingdom of God, we're told, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now think of this. What's the kingdom about? It's about rulership. Who's ruling my life? I do that. I'm sorry. I'd, must be an angel. I know doing that. Sort of, but but just, where was I? Yes. Three manifestations of the kingdom. The first one is righteousness. In other words, because he's ruling in my life, then I'm right with God. I know and have confidence I'm right with God. Right with him. There's, there's, there's no things in my life that are not under his authority and I'm right with God. As a result of being right with God, I have peace. It's when I'm not right with God. When there's issues in my life that I've not dealt with that robs me of peace. But when I'm right with God, the result is peace. I've got peace in my heart. And as a result of inner harmony, I have joy. Joy is a result of peace. As peace is in my heart, then I'm going to be joyful. I'm going to be happy because peace is in me. It's when I have no peace, I have no joy. Everybody can see that. The kingdom ruling and reigning and manifesting self in my life. In other words, what's inside me will manifest. My soul's in turmoil and disturbance. You know what? You almost create an atmosphere around you. How many have found that? How many have found that when you, you, you're with somebody, you, you know is in turmoil? That you know is in great disturbance? How many have found there's an atmosphere around them? You can sense it. They don't even have to say a word. You know there's something somewhere not right. You can feel the atmosphere around them. So if your heart's not at peace, then almost you release an atmosphere from your life. Now think about it the other way. If peace is in my heart and ruling in my heart, then I can go into a hard, difficult situation and I can release peace. I can bring harmony into that difficult atmosphere. How many have found that? That you enter a conflict, you enter a situation that is hard and troubled and because of the peace that's in you, you release that peace into the atmosphere. Jesus says that when you go into a house, release peace. And if they receive it, the peace will remain. Because you're manifesting, releasing something in you. Think about this. If I have a storm in me, how can I release peace if I've got a storm inside me? How did Jesus rebuke a storm? Because inside his heart he had peace. And because he had peace within him, he could release that when the conflict, when a storm arose. Because of the peace that was inside his heart. You can't rebuke a storm if you've got a storm on the inside of you. You can be in a storm, but there's the key. Refuse to let the storm get inside you. Think about this. If you were, you think of a boat. A boat is a really good thing to have when the boat is on the water. The problem is when the water gets in the boat. And that's the thing in life. There's, we're going to have storms. We're going to have difficulties. We're going to have conflicts. The key is not to let that storm, not to let that conflict, not to let that thing inside me. 
Because the peace will guard and protect my heart as long as I keep my heart at peace. It's refusing to allow the challenges, the circumstances, the difficulties to get inside you and rob your peace. You can be in a storm, but don't let the storm get in you. Have you ever thought, have you ever think, and you, ever seen, I think when was it, Thursday, remember the, the huge waves, the storm that's gone on there, isn't it amazing? You see the size of those waves. You know what? If you were to go out to sea, for example, which I don't recommend in those storms, but you were to be 30 foot under the water, you wouldn't even know a storm is existing. You wouldn't even know a storm's there. Because you are under the storm. And you wouldn't even know it exists. And I think that can be the same with God. That God can give you such a peace in your heart. Such a deep peace. Because remember, the, that storm's only surface. And so are your circumstances. So are your challenges. So are those things that, that maybe are falling apart in your life right now. They are just on the surface. The issue is, is to say, God, thank you that deep inside my heart, there's a peace inside my heart. Even though there's a storm all around me, my heart is at peace. Isn't that wonderful? I'm at peace in my heart because I'm not, I refuse to allow that storm to get in me. In other words, when I'm yielding to God, I'm yielding to the Prince of Peace. And as I yield to the Prince of Peace, the result will be, even in the hardest, most challenging time of all, I can know and experience supernatural peace. Can you say amen? Shalom. You know what the word shalom also means? It means nothing between us. See, there's no peace if you've got conflict with someone. Is that right? There's a disturbance. There's a war there. There's a barrier there. And true peace is shalom. There's nothing between me and God. Unforgiveness in your heart becomes a barrier between you and God so you lose your peace unconfessed sin in your heart becomes a barrier between you and God so you lose your peace. So you're saying, God, I refuse to allow anything in my heart that becomes a barrier between me and you. And the moment I'm aware there is something that's a barrier between you and me, I'm bringing it under the blood. Can you say amen? Why? Because I want to hold on to my peace. I don't want to lose it. I don't want anything between, be, be between me and you. Because I want to live and experience and encounter the amazing, awesome power of peace. I don't believe there's any greater commodity to have than peace. I really believe that with all my heart. Such a powerful thing, especially in our day. You know, the other thing is, there can be often a false kind of peace. People have false peace. The way people have peace is they, they think the best way to get peace is to be in control to control people, to manipulate people, to, to take control of things. I'm going to control everything. Because if I control everything, then I'm going to be in peace. For other people, they try to get peace by keeping themselves busy. If I don't think, and I keep myself busy, then I ain't got time to worry. I mean, if I keep myself busy, then I ain't got time to think about what, what's causing the so I'm going to keep myself as busy as possible because if I keep myself as busy as possible I don't have to think about the things I'm facing for others their kind of peace is they look for other things false comforts to try to comfort them things they turn to in times of pressure 
to try to calm them, to try to help them to forget. But I want to see someone, you know, God has designed peace as a warning to show you when something's wrong. And we've got to recognize that. That you know when something's wrong because the first thing that goes is your peace. You lose your peace. And peace is God's warning sign, his warning light. Haven't you got a warning light in your car? Petrol. <laughs> or something's wrong with it. I have a lot of warning lights going off all the time. <laughs> you know, and, and particularly the petrol one. Haven't you ignore the petrol one? And you, you're going to be clever. You're going to make do it. You're going to try and do those extra miles because you think you're so clever. And then suddenly you find yourself stuck right in the middle of somewhere and you can't get away because you ignored the warning light. And that's the same with peace. You ignore the warning light because God is putting a disturbance in your heart. Something's wrong. For example, that's a great way how to know you're making the right decision. Because if you're making a wrong decision and you feel disturbance in your heart, then don't do it. Because God's warning you. He's disturbing your heart so that you won't make a massive mistake in your life. Can you say amen? How many can look back? I can. How many can look back? And you look back that you made decisions and you realised in your heart you knew it was, it was wrong because you felt disturbed inside. How many have put your hand up if you felt that? How many have done that? I could put two or three up. You know, and you do it and you, you come out ignore the signs. And you realise, you know, you buy a car that you know you shouldn't have bought. Amen. <laughs> Or, or you make a decision, you, you buy something that in your heart you know you shouldn't have bought it. And you knew you were disturbed inside, but you went ahead anyway, and now you regret that car you bought. You know, the one that's falling apart all around you. Because some person told you how amazing it was. So peace is an amazing warning light to keep us in that right place with God. Can you say amen? So we've got to be wary of false pieces. Look at Romans 5.1, because how many realise it's peace, I love this, peace with God. Romans 5, verse 1, I love it. Therefore, having been justified, the word justified means just as if I've never sinned. I'm justified by faith. And because I'm justified, because I'm justified by faith, I have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. The thing that robs you of peace so often is where we live full of guilt, full of condemnation. That robs you of your peace because you've never truly grasped or understood the amazing work of Jesus. The more I understand the cross, the more I realise the power of the cross, the greater my peace is. When I realise what Jesus has done, what he's achieved at the cross, and I live in the power and the work of the cross, the result is peace in my heart. Justified by faith. Made right with God through the work of the cross and the blood of Jesus. And the more I realise that, the more I recognise the work of Jesus, the greater my peace is. The greater my peace becomes. The more I have revelation. All the time I'm seeing more and more of what Jesus has done. Can you say amen? And the more revelation I get of his work on the cross, the more revelation I get of what Jesus has done for me, the greater my peace becomes. Amen. Why? Because I realise that the cross has dealt with everything that would remove the peace. Everything that would disturb my heart. Everything that would try and accuse me. You think about it. Accusation robs you of peace. The devil accuses you night and day. And as you listen to accusation, as you listen to the accusations of the enemy, what happens? What, you know what you lose? You lose your 
peace. But when I realize the cross has dealt with everything, hallelujah, and his blood has cleansed me of everything of my past, every mistake, every failure, the blood has done it. And I confess it and receive his cleansing, and I'm justified. The end result is what? Peace with God. And we would say that's the greatest peace of all. And here's the next thing. What about having peace with yourself? Peace with yourself. See, the devil wants you to be upset. He's going to do all he can to push you over the edge so you lose your peace. And you've got to refuse to allow all the negative emotions to rob you of peace. Just don't allow things rob you of your peace. Your Bible says, don't fret. Choose not to worry. Choose not to get anxious. Refuse to allow anything to rob you of your peace. What about peace with other people? 2 Timothy 2.24 There's a major way we lose our peace. And, be, and, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel and be gentle or able to teach patience. In other words, you'll find one of the ways the enemy will rob you of your peace is to other people. People who get your back up, amen? People that, are, that, that actually cause pressure. People that, 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 that people have maybe have hurt us, betrayed us, failed us in some way. It's so easy that when you think on it, you lose your peace. Have you found that? Refuse to let other people rob you of your peace. That's the biggest thing. That most people lose their peace because of other people's actions. Isn't it crazy? Why would you lose your precious commodity because of what somebody else has done? Why would you do that? Refuse to allow other people to rob you of your peace. Amen? Am I saying something true here? That, that is something that, that, you know, what people do to us and we focus on it and we get offended and upset by it. Hearts get offended. And the more our hearts get offended the more we lose this precious commodity of peace. Heavenly Son, I'm God, I'm going to keep my peace. How do you increase peace? How does your peace increase? There's the first thing. You simply receive it. Remember, peace is part of your inheritance. Jesus died for you to be a recipient of peace. That's one of your benefits. And just allow the walls of your life to come down and say, Lord, I receive your peace. Because peace is something he spiritually imparts to us. I don't know if any of you were, but if you were ever bullied at school, remember that feeling going in in the morning, thinking of that guy who might be waiting for you, thinking of what he might do, what he might say, that feeling of what it felt like. Nine o'clock, we just used to enter into the school bell. Hoping that guy or that person would not be there, amen. Hoping they'd be sick, from, wouldn't be at school that day. And right they are, standing there and saying different words to you. Can you imagine how you'd feel right now if you had a big brother with you? Six foot two, strong muscles, and he's holding your hand going into school. How you would feel better about going into school in those moments? And I want you to see that as a picture of what Jesus is to you right now. He's right there for you. 
If God be for you, who can be against you? He's there on your side. He's your big brother. He's there to work and move on your behalf. Emmanuel, we talk about. What's that? God with us. I think one of the things, if we want true peace, is to develop, and I think I've preached on this quite a few times, but to develop a consciousness of God being with me. I think sometimes we often go through a whole day without ever fully developing a sense that God's with me. But every moment you, you're developing saying, God, thank you, you're with me now. In this job, thank you, you're with me. God, what do I do here? Show me what to do. And you're constantly developing, developing a God consciousness that is with you every moment of the day. And the more you develop that, the greater your peace will be. Because you'll know the greater one's in you than he that's in the world. Wow. If you would just develop that, if you would just allow that consciousness to say, greater is he that's in me, than what I'm facing right now. The challenge might be big, but God's greater. The circumstances might be overwhelming, but God's bigger. And you've got this consciousness of God being with you. So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Have your mind set on God. Isaiah 26, verse 3, I think it is. He will keep you in perfect peace whose mind, what? Is stayed on thee. The more you think about your problem, the more you lose your peace. It's really what you set your mind on. The more you worry about your problems, the more you begin to lose your peace. And the Bible says, set your minds Set your mind on God. Fix your mind on God. That word fix there means to be set. Not to be thrown off it. But to set your mind. No matter what's going on, you set your mind on God. If you're in need today, set your mind on the God who's a provider. If you're in sickness, set your mind on the God who's the healer. Whatever your situation is, set your mind and focus on Him. And the more you focus on Him the more peace will rule in your heart. What you set your mind on. The Bible says, cast all your cares on him because he cares about you. You think about it. The Bible says, don't worry. That's a good one. Don't worry about anything. We'll touch on the moment. But fix your minds. The Bible says, those who believed have entered into rest. Why do we lose peace? It's because we take our minds off and our eyes off God. And we focus on our problems. And we focus on the the circumstances. We We focus on what's against us. And the moment we do that, we become disturbed and we lose the harmony within our hearts. And and we feel overwhelmed, we feel crushed, we feel brought down. And the simple solution is set your minds on God. If you fix your minds on Him, He will give you perfect peace. In other words, the reason why we lose peace is because we've not believed. We've allowed unbelief to get into our hearts. And when unbelief gets into your heart, the result will be disturbance and and lack of peace. Faith will always bring peace into your heart. That's why, to those who've believed, they enter into rest. They enter into harmony. They enter into a place of of stability. 
Because their hearts and minds are set on the living God. I will set my eyes up until the hills, for thence comes my help. Amen. Here's the other way we can re- I think that we can receive peace. Having a heart of gratitude. Philippians 4, a well-known verse, Philippians 4, 16. How many are going to say, God, I'm a priest this Christmas? I'm not going to be robbed of my peace. I'm not going to be totally, you know, overwhelmed and, and lose, you know. You notice, when you don't have peace, you can't enjoy anything. Often said, you could, have a, you could go to the most expensive restaurant on this island and if you've got disturbance in your heart, you won't enjoy it. Isn't that right? It could be the most amazing meal ever. You could pay £50 for it and yet never enjoy it because you feel so full of worry and anxiety and disturbance. But you could have a cheese and tomato sandwich with peace and enjoy it. Amen? Peace is so awesome. You can never enjoy life without it. You can never appreciate anything. You can never really enjoy the life to fullness without peace. Look at this verse here, Philippians 4, 15. Jesus says, you shall have life and you shall have it what more? Abundantly. How can you have abundant life if you're full of stress and, and, and disturbance in your heart? It's impossible. You can only have peace. You can only have abundant life when your heart is full of peace. Philippians 4, verse 6. Here's a good one. Be anxious for how many things? How much is it? Be anxious for nothing. I shouldn't have said that. I've lost my place now. Uh, be, be, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer, supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And what's the result of this? And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. In other words, as I develop a a heart of of thanksgiving, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get peace. I'm just grateful for all that God does in my life. I'm just grateful for every single little thing he does. I'm just saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for that blessing there. Thank you for meeting that need there. Thank you for for blessing me in that way. And every little thing, you develop a heart of thankfulness. And the more you develop that that attitude of thankfulness, you know what thanksgiving does? It magnifies God. Every time you thank God, every time you praise him, you are declaring that he is bigger than your problem. You are living a life of gratitude and thankfulness thankfulness. Think about this. The same God who said don't worry, don't steal, don't lie, is the same God who says don't worry. Now many of us wouldn't do those other things, but we, yet we worry. And yet the same God says do not worry about anything. I think the great peace dealer is worry and anxiety. And we've got a Make our minds of God, I'm not going to worry anymore. I'm not going to get anxious anymore. Because that robs you of who you are. That robs you of, of the peace that you want to give to me. How would you feel right now if your child came back when he was at school and, says, and, and your teacher said, you know what, I'm sending this boy home because he's so anxious at home. 
We feel so full of worry, so full of anxiety at home. I think we'd kind of be crushed as parents to think our home life creates anxiety and stress on our children. How much more then, when we say that, when we worry and say, God, I'm worried about this, anxious about this, what are we saying to God when we do that? How many remember the books, Mr. Men? Remember the Mr. Men books? Mr. Tickle. I remember Mr. Tickle. Then there was, there was a Miss, Miss Fussy. That used to be a good one. Miss Fussy. I remember Miss Fussy. Isn't it funny? You can always relate those characters to people that you know. Amen? And you get all these different characters. And Mr. Bump. I related to Mr. Bump. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Bump and all these different characters. The one funny one was Mr. Worry. And Mr. Worry worried about everything. He worried that he'd go out the door and it'd be raining and he didn't have an umbrella. He'd worry about walking along the road in case he tripped over. And his whole life he'd worry about absolutely everything. And there came a point in, their li- in his life where Mr. Worry had nothing at all to worry about. And you think, end of the book. But it goes on to say at the end of the book, Mr. Worry was worrying because he had nothing to worry about. And after worry can be so much part of a, of a human heart. But it robs you and disturbs and robs you of the peace that God so wants to pour in our hearts. I think God's saying today, don't worry about anything. Whatever that is, my power is sufficient. My grace is enough. My strength's enough. My ability's enough. Just let me have control and rulership and ownership. Come under my government. And you don't have to worry about anything when you are under my government. What's pulling you down right now? What's causing you disturbance? What's causing you heartache? What's causing your heart to be tied up in knots on the inside? Say, God, I'm bringing it to you right now. I'm casting all my cares, all my anxieties, all my issues, all my struggles. I'm bringing it now to you. And I believe as I petition you, as I release these things in my heart to you, I thank you now for the peace that I receive that is beyond understanding. Look at verse 8 there, Philippians 4. Finally, brethren, wherever things are true, wherever things are noble, wherever things are just, wherever things are pure, wherever things are lovely, wherever things are a good report, if there be any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. In other words, what I'm thinking on is going to either bring peace or disturbance. And I often think that, that often... It's that, it's the things that we allow our minds to think on that can remove us of our peace. Because at the end of the day, what you think on is what you choose to think on. So I'm going to make a decision. I refuse to choose to think on things that are going to disturb and agitate my peace. I'm not going to think upon that person that agitates me and annoys me. Not going to think I'm my mother-in-law. No, I'm only joking. <laughs> you know, you're just, you're just going to avoid yourself. <laughs> Why do mother-in-laws always get bad, bad reports? That's cruel. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean. You refuse to let anything. You're going to not think on anything that's going to allow your mind to become disturbed and affected. Think on things that are going to bring peace and encouragement to your heart. 
Because thinking on God allows him to govern your life. And as his government breaks into your life, as you're thankful and grateful, oh, he's going to pour such peace into your heart. Can you say amen? Now, let me close with this. The moment you lose your peace, you know what you ought to do? Say, God, what's going on? You know the danger is sometimes? People can be so accustomed to living without peace, they don't even notice when it's gone. Isn't that awful? That would be awful, wouldn't it? To actually lose something, and you've been so used not to having it, you don't know when it's not there. Because we're so accustomed to living a disturbed life, almost that becomes normal to us. And we're almost not used to having peace. But what God wants is for peace to be the norm. And the moment you lose it, start saying, God, why is that peace gone? What have I done to disturb the peace in my life? Many years ago, there was a, there was a, a competition. A competition that people had to paint their idea of peace, what their peace was. People would paint a, a snow. I mean, love snow, that sense of snow. You know, snow there just a couple of footprints on, on the snow and that cottage that's over snow. Isn't that amazing? I mean, that's an amazing picture of peace, isn't it? You know, snow and a cottage in the snow. And so we think, oh, I just want to be there right now. But you know, you know that cottage in the snow, and that's wonderful. For others, it's a sunset. A beach, a sunset. And that was a, a picture that someone conveyed what peace would be like. The one that won the competition was a person who painted a storm. But in the corner of the storm was a little eagle, baby eagle, and a mother wrapping her wings around her. And that was the picture that won the competition, as a perfect picture of peace. And that is what peace really is. It doesn't mean storms and difficulties of life cease. It means you're just so aware you're covered by the power of God. You're under God's wings. You're under God's covering. You're under God's protection. And so you're going to say, and if you've lost your peace today, if you look into the depths of your heart and say, you know what, I've lost my peace. I don't know, I've, I've lost that sense of in peace with God. I'm in conflict with people. Circumstance, I'm full of anxiety and worry. Make a decision right now that you're going to adjust your life and do whatever it takes to make sure peace is ruling and reigning in your heart. Ever thought about this as I close? The blessings, the priestly blessings. Ever thought about that? In other words, when God declares a blessing, it means it's something he wants to impart to your life. Is that right? Something that's important for you to have in your life. And the priestly blessing is may the peace of God be with you. Ever notice every letter of Paul, he says, may peace be with you. It's a greeting. It's a commodity that he recognises it's vital for life. This is not just an added extra. This is vital for you to, to, to be successful in life, to be effective in life. Peace be with you. Refuse to say, God, no more will I allow anything in my heart that's going to disturb and affect my peace. Do you know what? Peace will empower you. You'll never really live a powerful life if you've got no peace. Peace will empower you against challenges and circumstances. It will empower you to be the witness that you should be. It will empower you to live the life that you should live. Peace be with you. Jesus says, what did he say, I'm going to leave you? He said, I'm going to leave you a bit of money on the side. He said, I'm going to leave you with a few good ideas of wisdom. My peace 
I leave with you. Not as the world gives, but as my peace gives. My peace. Let's just stand before him right now. Some of you can smell the food already, can't you? So just open your heart right now. Amy, say, Lord, peace. How wonderful that is. I want it. I don't want to live one more moment without your peace. Peace is something that you can receive. So what do you want you now? Just open your heart and say, Lord, today, I've got all sorts of challenges, all kinds of conflicts going on. But Lord, I'm making a quality decision right here and now that over this season, nothing is going to rob me of my peace. I'm tired of living under anxiety and stress and worry. I want to live a life that's full of your peace. Supernatural peace in the midst of storms of life. So I'm going to pray right now for the Lord just to pour his peace into your heart. And just open your heart to him and say, Lord, I need peace. I've got challenges. I've got decisions to make. So you can never make a quality decision if you've got no peace. If you do, you're probably going to make the wrong one. But just open your heart now and say, Lord, I need peace. I need to put right everything that disturbs my peace. Everything that's con- it's a conflict between your rule and your authority in my life. I lay down right now. The peace. The peace of the Lord that passes all understanding. It's not a mental ascension. It's a supernatural work of God in your heart. And without it, Life can never be the fullness of what God wants for it. The prayer of Paul is that you'd be filled with all the fullness of God. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.